seven. He's running for the office of commissioner. Fletcher Mackle joins us. Getting involved in politics. That'll be interesting tomorrow. Good luck. Thank you, Corey. I, I appreciate it. Um, I like number 37, Gleason's number. That was good that you made that up off the top of your head and, you know, and went with at least a good number. Yeah. We better not say that, though. Frank Smith could be just some crooked person running for judge or something. We better be quiet on these numbers, right? Right, right. Vote this number, and we're just kind of making it up as we go as a joke, and somebody's going to hear that and say, they said vote this. And it's like, no, 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 no. Asterisk disclaimer, this is a joke. Hey, speaking of Gleason, I throw so much great stuff out on Twitter. I mean, just the best stuff anywhere. And every now and then, maybe every quarter, you might give me a little hard or retweet. You liked my Gleason Bridge idea, eh? I did. I did. I thought that was a great idea. Um, I'm all for what the planning commission is doing right now um, and, and, and renaming some of the streets, obviously. Um, a lot of different changes going on around the country. Um, and so in New Orleans, we have such a, a rich cultural history from entertainment. You know, I love when they changed the name of the airport to Armstrong International. No offense to the, to the Moisant family. I didn't know the Moisant. I probably should have done more of the history. But celebrating Louis Armstrong that way by naming it Armstrong International seems to yeah. me like a stroke of genius. Yeah. Um, and so I, I like the renaming of, of the different monument areas in New Orleans for prominent New Orleanians, historical New Orleanians. I think that's great. I like the, the renaming of, of streets for prominent people who contributed to the, the betterment of our city from a cultural perspective, an athletic perspective, a political perspective. And so I thought you are 100% correct that that bridge is just called Magnolia Bridge. Or now that they, they redid it and painted it blue, blue bridge. And I live a block and a half from there. I live on Bayou St. John. So I jog there. I walk there. That is my neighborhood. I love that idea because you're right. I interviewed Steve Gleason walking on that bridge. He lived on Bayou St. John before he was diagnosed with ALS. And now, obviously, he lives in Lakeview in a state-of-the-art home. Um, he and his wife, Michelle, were married on that bridge. I think when you said that, it just clicked, and I thought that would be great. I mean, he is a New Orleanian that I think everybody feels passionate for what he's done, um, you know, how he's handled adversity, the, the strength that he can give to people in, in hard times. I, I think he checks so many boxes, and that is a, to me, that, that should be Gleason Bridge. I, I, you know, I loved it. I think I retweeted it because I liked yep. it so much and, and said this is a fantastic idea. Yep, yep. Fletcher Mackle's with us another Fridays with Fletch. Because I'll ruin anything, Fletch. Why is that street out on Chef where all the houses of prostitution, massage parlors, why Traver and Fletcher Mackle Court? Why that renaming? I don't get it. Yeah, I'm going to just keep moving on that one uh, and not even, you know, go down that path on that bad joke. So we'll just keep moving on uh, on that attempt at humor. You know, it's funny one time. It's like a long time ago, like 15 years ago or something. You remember the, prost- the House of Prostitution, like on Jeff Davis and the, the supposed list of clients and Michael Jordan was on it and all that kind of stuff. You remember that era? Well, let me just correct you. Not only do I remember it, I remember it well. It was on Canal Street. It was oh, the Canal, Canal Street brothel. Um, and, and because at the time, Helena Moreno was 
uh, anchor reporter at WDSU, and, and the woman who was the madam, the New Orleans madam, uh, had did one of her first and only interviews with Heleno when she was an investigative reporter at WDSU. So I, I remember that story, you know, right around the beginning of the 2000s when it started popping up, and then when it became a huge story like in 02, 03, and four. So, yeah, so I do remember that was a, a huge news story with all kinds of names thrown out there, true or not, and, and a lot of it was speculative. But, you know, imagine that today in the age of social media. This was before the age of social media. Exactly. Now, stories like that and names like that. The list would have been out. Social media. Well, it would just, it would just been like, I mean, it would have just gone crazy. I mean, there's certain stories that you look at now and you say, because of social media, that story turned into something, a much bigger story because of social media. Uh, a story like that, 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 you know, had, was that scandalous and could have involved so many high profile people, whether it did or it didn't, because a lot of it is still unproven and speculative to this day. Um, but in the age of social media, that would have been, you know, a truly interesting story from a news perspective to follow, to see how it could have unfolded with, with, with social media back then. Yeah, I, I did a, a show after Buddy D uh, down the dial, and uh, I used to joke during that period, like, oh, my God, they've got my credit card receipts. I've written checks to that place, you know, all the time, kind of like you and your brother with the street off Chef Highway. And Ronnie Verge, it's, I think he was writing for that coupon and advertising uh, publication, Gambit. And I think he had some column where he's like, people that definitely didn't go to the House of Prostitution aren't on the list. And I was like the third name in the article, just because, you know, when you're just like overtly joking about it, it's like that you wrote checks and, you know, it's like, okay, Corey has no clue where the building is. But anyway, which was true. <laughs> right, so right. it's kind of funny. So, it you know what? The, the, just to follow up here, and I know we're just kind of like spitballing here and talking, but, you know, I've had a lot of coffee today. So Usually better than the planned segment, Fletch. Trust me. Yeah. So, so here's the funny thing is that, so my brother and I, when, when we first got back to WDSU, we had kind of a unique setup. We got hired nine months apart, and we bought a double in mid city right off of Canal Street. I remember. Right where St. Anthony Pat, right. St. Anthony Patterwood Church right behind it on uh, the corner of Cleveland and South St. Patrick. And, and it was a double, so he lived on one side and I lived on the other side. So we became pretty regulars in the neighborhood at the, the bars and the grills and what was going on in the neighborhood. Well, yep. after the dust settled on that whole deal after Katrina, a developer bought it and turned it into apartments. And the funny thing is, is the, the, the two people who rented it, like, hey, it was either a fourplex or a threeplex they turned it into because it's a great property on Canal Street in a great area of Canal Street. Two of the three people who lived there were journalists at the Times Picayune, and, and they used to get the biggest kick out of the fact of telling people, do you know where we live? Because if you were a news person at that time, you knew what it was and what had gone on there and so the fact that one of them, I think she's in Dallas now, is an investigative reporter at the Dallas Morning News, but they live there and just thought that was, you know, their, their icebreaker for all conversations. is like, what neighborhood do you live in? It was, I live in the Canal Street brothel. And it was, everybody was like, You, you know, that's interesting. Kind of, no no yeah. pun intended. You definitely want to get that house down to the studs when you're redoing that. Uh, you buy a house and it's like, yeah, Miss Smith died in the back bedroom. That kind of, oh, that's kind of creepy. 
This was a house of prostitution. I hope they yeah. used some kind of detergent with bleach to clean that place. I'm sure before I know. it was, or, right, it was fumigated extensively. <laughs> you know, all you had to do, it. Google did Google did exist then. So even though social media didn't, all somebody had to do was Google it. And they could find out pretty easily where they were living and what happened there. Oh, it's too funny. Fletcher Mackles with us, another edition of Fridays with Fletch. Hey, uh, I was talking with Mark Romig yesterday, Fletch, and, you know, conventions, tourism, stuff that makes New Orleans go. The only thing I can think that's a go in 2021, because they can kind of control it, obviously, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. That's about the only thing that's a go, right? And we'll talk about the Pelican season and all that. I just meant, like, kind of an event, you know, a one-time event. Zurich's about it so far. Yeah, so far, I mean, the Zurich is definitely going to happen. I hope by then we have a vaccine and they have fans. And the good thing about the golf course is they can social distance. So I have no doubt that the Zurich Classic is absolutely as a standalone event happening in April of 2021. But but you're right. I mean, look, the NBA is going to play. The Pelicans released their schedule today. Do they Half, have yep. fans or no fans all season? I, I don't know. And, and again, they're going to deal with the same situations the NFL is dealing with. Teams are going to have some COVID outbreaks. You may see games canceled. The NBA is an easier one to handle because since they play 82 games, you can base, you know, the playoff teams on winning percentage. And then you can also have play-ins for, say, like the 8, 9, 10, 11 seed. So it's easier if they deal with it. But you're right. I, I mean, I hope there's the vaccine and, and Jazz Fest can come back in a French Quarter Fest in a lot of you know, some of the, the bigger sporting events in throughout the spring and the summer. But yep. you're right. Right now, I, I think we can say as a standalone event, the Zurich Classic is happening. But what else in the spring and summer? It's still kind of wait and see mode, unfortunately. Hey, I, I'm talking about a competitor for a millisecond. And we've got about 20 seconds till we break. So it's good timing. If you have DirecTV or UVerse, you have no Channel 4. That's CBS. I would think some LSU fans are going... Yes. Just get it back to me for 60 minutes on Sunday or Saturday night late. But yeah, I don't really need it for tomorrow night. You got about 15 seconds. LSU, Alabama. Yuck. Yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. I told some people last night at dinner that if Bama doesn't score 50, dinner's on me next time we eat whenever we meet during or after. the. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. They might win by 50. We're coming right back. Fletcher Mackles with us. Another edition of Fridays with Fletch. Don't move. I'm like, wait a minute. We just going to leave. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhood, we need... New Orleans native son Corey Johnson on Cox Channel 4 and Spectrum Channel 333 television and, of course, on the radio every afternoon on NOLA Talk 97.9 FM. Yes! 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 Corey Johnson, the voice of New Orleans. I picked up some Lebanon's Cafe a few times this week. I love Lebanon's Cafe. They open around 11. They stay open throughout the day till 9.30, seven days a week. Indoor dining, outdoor dining. When the weather's nice, like right now, 
Go enjoy some lamb chops, some shish kebab, some authentic Middle Eastern food, Lebanon's Cafe by the Streetcar Barn, Carrollton at Jeanette in Uptown. All right, Fletch, you ready for some rapid fire stuff before we get into the real meat and potatoes? You ready? Hit me. Have you been to Lebanon's Cafe? I have. What do you think? Fact, yes. It was it's good. A good one? It was good. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of who I was there with. It was before the pandemic, but I was there in, the, I guess, in the, like, either, like, around this time last year or just before the pandemic, but it was really good. I enjoyed it, yeah. Fausto's Italian Bistro on Vets. I, I've been. I haven't been in a while. I, I'll say that, you know, but... I remember Steve Gleason, you mentioned him before, he used to really like Fausto's. And I remember one time I had to go interview him, and he said, meet me at Fausto's. And nice. so I thought that was pretty funny. So uh, How about so, yeah. across the street, uh, yeah, Furies? Furies. Same thing. I, I, I've known Trey Fury is a, a good, good friend of mine, so I've known some of the Furies. There's a lot of them. So same thing. I've been to Fausto's and Furies, but unfortunately it has been a, a year since I've been to either. And the last time you were at Trey Yen, your dad slapped you in the back of the head for sticking your hand in the shrimp. I'll been- say this. You know, we, we, I spent a lot of time growing up at Bo Shen because my dad was a golfer. This was when people looked at the North Shore and you, like you were going to the North Pole, not like <laughs> it is now where it's the, the explosion of population. So I ate at Trey Yen. You know, you may go count the blades of grass in the front yard if you want to count how many times I've, I've gone there and been there growing up you know, in my lifetime. Now, Fletch, you remember where I used to live? I think Channel 6, actually. You guys, I had rented the building to someone and then sure. sold the building, and Channel 6 had a, they called it the Hoodat Shack, and y'all broadcast from there. So I lived downtown in what is now the South Market District for a while, and I used to go down to the Bywater and the Marini and stuff. I loved uh, Manditch on St. Claude and Louisa, old school sure. New Orleans. And there was a pizza joint called Sugar Park that had some outstanding pizza. You've been heading to the new restaurant that's in the old Sugar Park location, I believe. I saw you tweeting about it. I did. I, uh, I went to St. Germain, um, which is right there down in, in the Bywater area, right by St. Rock Market, Red's Chinese. And, uh, and yeah, St. Germain is pretty, pretty impressive. It's Definitely food at another level. Uh, great building, you know, a historical New Orleans home. They turned into a bar and restaurant. Not too fancy, but unique. It's a tasting menu, so it's five courses and a preset price and menu. And the only thing they ask you is if you have any dietary, you know, allergies or restrictions because they'll work around that. But they basically cook it and serve it, and you don't order. They just bring it out. So it was a unique experience, but it was really good. Nice. I like that. All right, you want to talk about something I've been avoiding for the last 15, 20 minutes? I, I don't know what it would be, but go ahead. Well, yeah. you, you called it a bloodbath earlier. <laughs> that oh, thing. Okay. That yeah. thing tomorrow night. I, I, Fletch, this thing, I mean, first off, you just, besides just the teams, Alabama's got a team right now that's sort of playing like LSU last year. They're just demolishing teams. They, they seem like they're the clear number one. They don't seem like they've got a lot of weakness, especially when you throw in coronavirus crisis, other teams, and the like. Then you throw in, it's an SEC game, SEC West. LSU wins last year. They win the national title. I mean, uh, Saban's back. He says it's not a revenge game. You know it's a revenge game. I I think Alabama with 
a lot of second stringers. They they they're better than LSU right now. So uh, I don't know this 28, 29 and a half point, almost thirty point spread. It, it could be thirty five to seven at half. It could be fifty three to ten in the third quarter. A- am I wrong when I say that? I do not think so. And look, right now we can give our predictions and what we think. We could both be wrong. Do I think LSU's winning? No. I don't think there's any parallel universe we could go to where LSU... I don't think they're competing or hanging in the game. They're not competing or hanging in this game at all, are they? No, but let me say this. Let me say this. Last week, look, Texas A&M is a good team, and Texas A&M has a high-powered offense. I do think that that LSU's defense played better, certainly, last week. They did. And and Alabama Uh, ripped A&M. So here's the thing. Like I said, before we went to commercial break, I told some people that I saw recently, if Bama doesn't score 50, whenever the pandemic ends and we can get together again, I will buy your dinner. Now, that doesn't mean LSU doesn't score 28 and they don't lose 58 to 28, you know? But I I can't see any way that I really think, I don't bet and I don't gamble. Not that there's anything wrong. I'm, I'm glad sports gambling is coming to Louisiana. I'm just not a big gambler. Me too. I would bet Bama and not think twice about it. I mean, yep. I think 28 points, I think they're just going to come in here and run rough shots. Offensively, defensively, with, with T.J. Finley, a young you know, true freshman at quarterback, there is no metric I can use to say this isn't just going to be a beatdown from the opening kickoff until those teams walk off the field. No, you know, I think a lot of folks go, man, that's the sucker bet. You know, I'm, I'm like you. I, I don't gamble. I'm glad it's legal. I'm glad it's coming. I'm exactly like you. But you know, I love the sucker bet stuff because I think a lot of the time when you, if it's clear and it's it's overt and it just stands out, you're going to, you go the other way a lot of the time. That's what I tell my gambling friends. And a lot of the time that seems to be more right than wrong. The sucker bet may not be, oh man, it's 29 and a half. You know, take LSU. The sucker bet might be LSU. Alabama could just roll in this game. I don't really know what the sucker bet is in this game, Fletcher. Yeah, I don't know either. And I, cause I certainly don't think that Bama's taking their foot off the gas. I don't They're either. They're not taking it easy on LSU, especially after losing last year. Bama, look, Bama's just so talented. They're in another class. And look, I know LSU people, I have some LSU friends, and they get upset when I say this. I think LSU is a really good program. Obviously, they were, they were maybe the greatest team in college football history last year. No doubt about it. Joe Burrow had the greatest season for a quarterback without question in college football history. Ben is at a different level than everybody else. And I know the LSU people don't want to hear that. But the NFL people didn't want to hear it for the Patriots for 20 years. They were at a different yep. level. They played yep. nine Super Bowls and won six for five years. Golden State with the Warriors were at a different level than everybody else. Bama right now is on a different level. There's Bama, and then there's everybody else in the SEC. I can make an argument that LSU is the second-best program in the SEC, certainly on par with Florida, I think better than A&M in Georgia. But right there, but the gap between one and everybody else, Bama is just in a, until Nick Saban leaves or something happens to that program, yes, could LSU beat them every three, five, seven years? Is LSU going to compete for national championships every three, five, seven years? No doubt about it. But Bama does it every year, and they are just in a different class than everybody else. Yeah, and you got to wonder. I mean, I, I do at least. I think a lot of folks don't and never did. But uh, Ed Ogeron, Fletcher, you know, how much of an improvement is it over Miles? And you go, what are you talking about? Won a national title. It's like, 
Yeah, and a one-in-a-lifetime guy was brought in, Joe Burrow, and he's from Ohio. Who says Les Miles doesn't show him a couple of years of Mettenberger tape and go, come on down, Ohio boy, let's do it together, and he comes anyway. Look, I'm not trying to say it one way or the other. I'm just saying Ogeron with the national title, and and then you throw in the baggage of the Geist stuff and the sexual harassment stuff, but but mostly the the um the the national title. It, it, I'm not knocking it. I'm I'm embracing it. I'm a fan. I love it. But um, without Joe Burrow, how much different is Ed Ogeron's LSU program than Les Miles's LSU program? Honestly, over the long haul. Well, look at Les Miles won a national championship. Exactly. I mean, look. I mean, so here's the thing, and I'll say that I like Coach O. I, I've, I've been, a, I've liked Coach O since going back to, to Ole Miss. I know he was an acquired taste. There's a lot of LSU people that didn't like him, but I, I, I've liked O. I've, I've always felt like he's, you know, he's a straight shooter. He's a hard worker. I, I, I'm an O guy. Okay, I like Coach O. But I will say this: I think there's a chance Gene Chizik was beloved at Auburn. Gene Chizik had a quarterback that won the Heisman Trophy in Kansas. Exactly. They won a national championship. Yep. His quarterback went one overall. And two seasons later, he was fired. Yep. So there's a chance. Look, LSU's going to finish more than likely four and six, maybe three and seven if they yep. lose to Ole Miss. It's unbelievable. That's it, unacceptable it, it to that ever up. happen, no matter how much attrition you have, no matter how many national titles you win. That's unacceptable. It never be that bad. Exactly. It should never be that bad. So so here's the thing. Follow, follow, say, four and six up with next year, and you go five and seven, and your program's shrouded in controversy with some really serious legal issues, they'll be showing him the door pretty quickly at the end of the 21 season. If if he doesn't win, and, and these allegations continue to get uglier and uglier because that's what it seems like is happening. So he could very well be a Gene Chizik-type coach, national championship, and then it crumbles fast. I hope that's not the case, but no, exactly. time will tell. No, exactly. No, that, that that's a scary thought. Ch- so many similar things, Cam Newton, the whole nine yards. Hey, Fletch, can you hang on one more segment on this Friday? Yeah. Fletcher Mackles with us from WDSU Channel 6 Sports. Corey Johnson with you. Till 5.30 on television, till 6 o'clock on the radio, 97.9 FM, our radio flagship home. Make it one of your presets. Hey, we're coming right back. More with Fridays with Fletch. Crescent City and beyond. Corey Johnson back at you. Fletcher Mackles with us. He got a 18-inch Weber kettle from the Grill Center at Basil's Ace Hardware. Great Christmas gift, Mom. Get it for Dad. Get him a big green egg. Get him the Weber kettle like I got Fletcher Mackle for coming on this show the last few years. I owe him more still. That's just a tip of the iceberg how much he's done for me in this program. But uh, the Grill Center at Basil's Ace Hardware has... All the grills you're looking for. And when you get that for Dad, you benefit. He's grilling and cooking for you. So get over to the Grill Center at Basil's Ace Hardware. They're open 8 to 6, Monday through Saturday. Saturday's a great day. Fred might have a a Weber grill, a Big Green Egg, a Traeger wood pellet fired grill. Out there in front, 
grilling something for you to snack on. So head over there tomorrow or till six today and pick up a grill at the Grill Center at Basil's Ace Hardware. Hey, Fletch, I beelined out of there, and uh, I went into the brand-new um, Zapardos uh, on Transcontinental and Vets, uh, a huge brand-new store. And I-, I love prime steaks, you know, because I'm, I'm not like you, married. I'm not like your brother, a second baby on the way. I don't have to buy Costco steaks by the case. I go get one steak. Maybe two if I have a date or a friend or something. So I'll go get the high-end stuff. They've got this uh, super Wagyu prime, like half Japanese cow, half American domestic cow. This super prime beef at Zapardo's like I've seen nowhere else in New Orleans. You and your bro need to beeline down to Zapardo's on Vets and Transcontinental. It's, uh, what is it, uh, Snake River Beef, Snake River Farms. Unreal prime Wagyu American prime steak. Sick. Anyway. I, I bet. So here's the thing. I enjoy cooking and find it relaxing, like cooking in a glass of wine. I don't know if I would trust myself to cook that properly. I, I would think that, oh, no, am I going to in some way mess it up? But just to follow up there as well, I went to uh, college with Joe Zapardo. He was just, you know, great, great people, great family. I love the Zapardos. Joe Zapardo was quite the basketball player at Rummel and then at Loyola. And, uh, and, and he is obviously involved with his family's establishment now. So, uh, good guy. And, and I hope he's listening because, you know, back in his day, unlike you who do nothing but cap on people, I'm going to go ahead and just give him all the praise and probably make him out to be better than he was. But he was still pretty good. I praise folks all the time. Come on. Jeez. I was just praising Zapardos and the killer prime steaks. I can't help it that some folks suck. What what am I supposed to do about it, Fletch? You know? That's true. I mean, just call it like you see it, right? Exactly. I call it like I see it. I'm a positive guy. I don't think I'm cynical or jaded. I just was saying how these killer steaks at Zapardos, no one else has them. The the Snake River Farms has their own grading system. I'm into it. I'm going to head over there, say hey to Joey, tell, tell him what you said. But no, when people suck yeah i gotta call them out you know that's what we do we hold people accountable on the neutral ground fletch that's what we do i like it i like it there you go we don't go hey michael thomas punched gardner johnson that's why he's sitting out a game we go no there's more to it than that and we don't go yeah peyton wants to go to tiger stadium he likes the grass and the outdoor no he's just playing a game with latoya you know, but then also I say, Taysom Hill didn't have a shot at playing quarterback, and I should just be quiet about this, but I'm a man, and I step up and I hold myself accountable too. Last Friday, we were off because of Thanksgiving. You didn't really get a chance to throw me into the fryer. So you got a few minutes to throw me into the fryer. I was so wrong. You were so right. I think I owe you another friggin' steak. This is ridiculous, man. All I do is owe you. This sucks. But let me say this. This is what I told everybody, and I'm not, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here. But Oh, yes, you are. Well, no, but look, nationally, everybody was wrong because everybody, and Sean Payton had a good line with this. People just weren't listening to him. That, And even there were people locally here. That so what? Jameis is a big name. Like what you said, Jameis was the number one pick. Jameis has played quarterback. Jameis has experience. But Payton's been telling everybody for two years now that, I believe in Taysom. And look, 
This is what I told you all along. I don't know if Taysom's going to be good. I still don't know if Taysom's going to be good. Exactly. We don't know. Nothing's settled. But but this is what I knew, and this is what I felt like. Look, I've been wrong. I have sports opinions. I've had a lot of sports opinions, and that's what I love about my job is I get to cover these teams and have opinions about this. My opinion was Taysom Hill is going to get the start, and Taysom Hill is going to get a chance to be Drew Brees' heir apparent because I've heard the conviction in Sean Payton's voice, and I've interviewed him about this. And I believe he's, he's not lying when he says it. Now, is Taysom going to be good? I still don't know. But I felt comfortable enough telling everybody, I think it's going to be Taysom, not Jameis, to the ridicule of everyone. And, and, and I still think, however he finishes playing up this season, it's going to be Taysom next season. That I don't think they're going to go get Matthew Stafford. I don't think they're trading up for another quarterback. I don't think they're signing Jameis Winston to a wow. Bridgewater deal. Wow. I think... I think that's crazy. Yeah, I think they're. I think that now let me say this: Are they going to be wrong? Maybe they're going to be wrong. But here's the thing: There have been a lot of franchises that are wrong with Sam Darnold and oh, Josh yeah. Rosen. Oh yeah, it's like you know. But that quarterbacks so, a wrong all, position more than it's right. You're right about that. But You're right. Look, there was, the Tampa Bay Bucks were wrong with Jameis Winston. He led the league in interceptions, set a record. So I mean, look, I don't know if Taysom's going to be good. But I know that they feel confident enough to believe in him to give him the opportunity to start now and to start next season if and when Drew Brees retires. All right, Fletch, we literally have 30 seconds. And I don't know how you're going to be able to hit two topics in 30 seconds. And top of the hour train's coming. There's no way to avoid it. I'm just going to have to cut you off in mid-sentence. You're going to be able to handle two topics in 20 seconds now. You better start. All right. The Pels, half the schedule's out. 36 of 72 games, 19 of the 36 on national television. It, it, it shows you what kind of team the money people are expecting, the network folks. Zion is a big draw. Pelicans, Zion stays healthy. Pelicans go to the playoffs this year. Urban Meyer going to Texas five seconds. No. Wow. That was two, one second. Fletch, always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. All right, Corey, thank you. Yeah, you're right, Fletcher Mackle. Five o'clock power hour next. Do not move, okay? Down, blue boy, down. Corey Johnson back at you, broadcasting live from the Buddy Deliberto. River City's Total Maintenance Studios. A lot of you are discovering your heat's not working right, or worse, not working at all. Don't stress out. Call River City's Total Maintenance. Fair and honest, Lucas and the boys will come to your house right now. They'll get your heat working tonight, 841-3300, or find them online at nolaac.com. Tomorrow, another election day. Stephen Stewart joins us from the Bureau of Governmental Research. He's a VP over there and also does a lot of the research for BGR. How are you, Stephen? Thanks for joining us late on this Friday. I'm doing fine, Corey. How, how are you? Doing well, man. Uh, hey, uh, what is the Bureau of Governmental Research, real quick? Just uh, what, what is this nonprofit all about? What is your the watchdog uh, idea of the G uh, the BGR? Sure. Well, we're we're a private nonprofit organization, and we've been based here in New Orleans for about eighty years. And what we do is we write research reports uh, about local government, 
with the goal of trying to make government work better in the metro area. Tomorrow, there's some uh, few th- items on the ballot. Three property tax uh, uh, propositions in Orleans Parish. Um, the mayor's basically saying we don't get this thing passed there'll be layoffs real quick uh, isn't the 2021 budget's basically locked and loaded this would be for 2022 correct and are you guys for or against it right so bgr's position on the three property tax propositions is against all three uh we we talked about uh in our position that Voters, really, at this point in time, they lack adequate information for decision-making on these taxes, and there's uh, potentially significant impacts here where you know, the proposition number two would be a decrease in uh, revenue for the public libraries, and then that, that decrease would help to offset some of the increases in taxes that would occur for the uh, infrastructure and housing and economic development. Um, in terms of the the timing of these propositions, you know the the current taxes do not expire until the end of next year. So, in our view, there's time for the city to reevaluate these propositions and come back to voters with uh, a package that is more uh, clearly justified and clearly planned that voters can look at and understand, you know, what are the potential long-term benefits of um, making these changes. And that's something that's missing from the current set of propositions. Yeah, talking about what, about a $20 million library budget getting cut to about $12 million for the Orleans Parish Public Library. And, and, and as you said, uh, uh, very vague, uh, also kind of a, a lot of power for maybe a few decades for government with this 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 millage so uh yeah i i agree with you we've got a lot of time to evaluate this so the the no vote on all three is the route i'm going um there's also a french quarter sales tax right is that to fund the security in the quarter yes that's right that's right this is a tax that it's a sales tax that voters in the french quarter approved five years ago and it's up for renewal on saturday and it applies only in the French Quarter. It's just an extra quarter cent that's collected in the, within the French Quarter. And uh, it pays for supplemental public safety um, in, in that area. You guys for or against this? We, we also took a position against this renewal. And our main reason was that the, uh, the proposition is not accompanied by finalized spending and accountability plans to govern the use of the tax revenues. So we certainly acknowledge that the French Quarter has unique public safety needs as, you know, this kind of historic mixed-use neighborhood that draws millions of tourists. And, you know, certainly the, um, the sales tax itself helps to fairly distribute the tax burden among tourists and residents. Um, but there's certainly a lot of concern as well in the French Quarter that the money needs to be spent appropriately and there needs to be clear public accountability 
and both of those things are not yet finalized. And so it leaves voters in a difficult position of having to vote on the renewal without knowing the exact plan of how the money would be spent or how it would be accounted for. I don't know if if you guys are in a difficult position, but maybe a slightly precarious one. Sometimes I'm imagining things, Stephen, are pretty cut and dried. This isn't a good proposition. We're against it. Sometimes it's like, no, no, no. We would be fully for this proposition if X, Y, and Z were explained better. It, sometimes it's like that, right? It, it is, and we, you know, we, we also, our part of our recommendation here is for the city and. French Quarter stakeholders to develop a consensus on how best to enhance public safety in the quarter. And that would, you know, involve them in really kind of digging into uh, the data and looking at how how best to allocate money between you know, police patrols, which, you know, a lot of the, the residents have been calling for, and, you know, the security patrols that, that you know, the city wants to do a, a balance of NOPD and uh, security officers to deal with kind of code enforcement and quality of life issues. So it's just that balance was, they were not able to come to an agreement, you know, in the months leading up to the election about what that right, what that balance should be. And so our, you know, our su- suggestion is to go back and look at how, what is that right, you know, or, allocation of resources and develop some kind of uh, consensus plan that can be brought back to voters. Hey, Stephen, the three tax proposals that you guys are recommending a no vote on, the French Quarter sales tax you guys are voted uh, recommending a no vote on, where can folks uh, kind of check out your research, your recommendations, the uh, Bureau of Governmental uh, Research website? Yes, they can go to our website, uh, bgr.org, and all of our research is available free to the public on that site. And uh, we, you know, the ballot reports we do are, are objective, nonpartisan research, and we uh, we try to look at the strengths and weaknesses of each proposition and you know tr- inform the public about when you head to the polls. You know, what are you really voting on here and uh, what what is the potential for uh, you know effective public outcomes? Yep, yep, no doubt. Stephen Stewart from the BGR, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thanks very much for having me. My pleasure. At Stephen Stewart from the Bureau of Governmental Research, that group saying no on the three property tax proposals tomorrow and no on the French Quarter. Uh, exclusive. I guess about 3,500 folks live there that would be voting on that. Hey, Trey Yen's open tonight, of course. Mandeville on the North Shore. Dine-in, to-go orders. I love Trey Yen. It's not just a level above the Chinese food you're used to. It's a few levels above. Nationally recognized, critically acclaimed. I love the fresh local speckled trout, the flounder. Head and tail intact deboned, flash fried. You get both fillets, obviously. And that's good enough just like that. Already one of the best fish dishes you'll eat. But then Treyen puts ladles and ladles of their signature tong cho sauce, spicy and sweet, on top of that freshly flash fried speckled trout or flounder. Yeah, tonight for dinner, why don't you make it Treyen? It's so good. 
It really is. Trey Yen's fantastic. And you folks coming from the South Shore, you're not driving on the North Shore very far. Right when you cross the bridge, immediately cross the Causeway Bridge on your left, Trey Yen in Mandeville. They really got it together. Hey, Jason, a.k.a. the, AKA the Karate Kid, a.k.a. the Octopus, fielding your phone calls, 466-2679. In the mid to late 50s in Metro New Orleans, four major projects bridging the gap, getting, you know, hooking land and land together over water, around water, underwater, whatever. I'm looking for three of the four major projects, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, late, mid to late 50s. Give me the answer to that. I got a $50 Woodhouse Day Spa gift certificate. Hundreds of millions of dollars all added up. Back then, I guess every project was tens of millions of dollars. Give me three of the four major projects, as Ronnie Lamarck would say, bridging the gap. And I got a $50 Woodhouse Day Spa gift certificate for you. Hey, Latrum is hiring. The global manufacturing giant, Latrum, is hiring right now. And their website doesn't have like three or four job openings. It's got dozens and dozens and dozens. You East Bank and West Bank folks, they got you covered at their Elmwood facility. You North Shore folks, Latrum's hiring at their Hammond facility. For a full listing of positions available, go to Latrum.com. Latrum spelled L-A-I-T-R-A-M. Latrum.com. I, I I miss old Mandich on Louisa and St. Claude. Oh, gosh, me too. We lived about three blocks away, and we'd eat there about once a week. Me uh, too. Yeah, so good. Lloyd, Plus, Miss Joel. Yeah, so New Orleans. I'd come out like 1030 at night on a Saturday night. The cops parked out on the corner, and across the street, they're repairing tires. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Really was. New Orleans man. as it Boise gets. Portolais, trout mandage, high hat filet. That pork chop, that panade veal, the the uh, uh that chocolate man, mousse, yeah. that that dessert, that chocolate mousse pie or whatever. Yeah, she made a brown roux crab bisque that was huh. so good. Yeah, the crab the, the crab bisque that she makes is the best ever. And her crawfish etouffee could be considered the best ever. I don't think I ever had that there. I think, Frank, whatever she did to do the crab bisque, the first few steps, the crawfish etouffee were the same few steps. Very brown, very deep, very rich. A lot of different size tails. You know, it was fresh, local crawfish. Killer. Yeah. Gotta be. So good. She did a... uh, an oyster combo appetizer. I think it was a fried oyster bordelaise and then one with spinach. And after a couple of visits, I loved it so much, I just started getting a double order for entree. Really I was cute. going I was going to Slide L and Sapphire that opened for about six months, but right. then they closed, and that was like right. Manditch 2, you know? Mm-hmm. That was her son, Aaron, I think. That was Aaron, and, and, and she was over there cooking and helping out, and <laughs> I think Lloyd was around as well, and then they just, and it was packed all the time, and then it just went away. Restaurants are a, like a band, hard to keep them together, a fickle thing, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very volatile industry, and uh, a lot of moving parts, and a lot of change, you know, and that's why we appreciate the ones that 
that are stable and stay around for a while. Yeah, you guys have been at you what, know? Frank? Almost 35 years? Yeah. Uh, next March will be 36 years for Brighton. Wow. And uh, guess what happened today? What? They, they paved our street. Wow. We got a brand new street. You wouldn't believe it. Smooth as a baby's behind. Can they work on the side street maple now? Who cares? I do. I get I get beat up on maple, but no, that's that's great. Dante is nice right off River Road you're talking about. Yeah, our block is totally done. Uh, it's only been since August. But yeah, Maple Street is getting worse by the day. It's really, really bad. Now, what's this rumor you're pulling a Corey Johnson? You, you're saying screw the city permitting. It's coronavirus crisis. You're putting huge cement planters in those first few parking spots in front, and there are actually <laughs> going to be tables out there? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we have a streetery. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Frank no, Wrightson's with us. We're doing a takeout. We're doing our indoor dining. And yep. uh, next week, Thursday, December 10th, we'll start our Revion menu. We'll run that for the couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. So we're working on that. Um, that menu will be posted on our website, Tuesday. Uh, still working it out. Um, with our new, you know, new dynamics, um, I'm trying to uh, integrate everything together because that will give us three different menus. Nice. And I'm trying to make it workable for the staff. So, Speaking but, of uh, menus, really fun stuff. what's on the menu for tonight? Well, the, the, the big item this week is uh, we got off of our oyster chowder, and we're now doing oyster soup with spinach and brie. Huh. OMG. This thing is so good. <laughs> um, it's a puree uh, with freshly sautéed oysters. Uh, on top. Wow. And uh, it's killer. I mean, that combination, oyster, spinach, and brie, it's just beautiful, you know, and um, that soup will be probably the soup on our Revion menu as well. So we'll have it for the next few weeks. Wow, nice. And uh, it's it's a bite of delicious. It's really, really good. When I hang up with you, I'm going to have a bowl of it myself. <laughs> yeah, on a hot day, it's nice hot soup. Hey, what's the fish of the day? Uh, speckled trout is still running. We're still on the fall run from yes. uh, Virginia. And so we have speckled trout today, um, munier with pecans, and uh, redfish is the broiled fish for crab crust. And, Frank, um, why speckled trout from Virginia, not speckled trout from Louisiana? Well, there is none for us. Gotcha. Here. No, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, there's no commercial fishing for speckled trout here. Um, they took that away from us. So um, we get a fall run from, first we get a little pop from Mississippi, and then there's a pop from Virginia and North Carolina. And it's beautiful. It's pristine, beautiful trout. Um, and then the other hot thing, uh, we're in our second week with this one, is our crab rangoon egg rolls Oof. appetizer. Yeah, fill us in on that. Sauce. Well, man, we're selling, selling them by the dozen. Um, so crab rangoon is a uh, crab and cream cheese mixture. I saute the crab meat with some of my mojo blanco seasoning, chill it, and mix it with a seasoned cream cheese. And that's in an egg roll and fried. And then the sweet sour sauce I make with 
a little pineapple juice and some pomegranate juice, vinegar, sugar, and Heinz chili sauce. And uh, it's really piquant, as they say. And uh, that's selling really, really well. I bet. Crab rangoon. So we'll run that as, as long as we get crab meat. Uh, usually uh, after a few weeks of really cold weather, the crab meat gets tight, but we're going we're gonna to run with it. My uh, uh, shrimp, barbecue shrimp, still rolling with that fritter? Yes. Barbecue shrimp with a shrimp kala griddle cake. Um, we also added a new dish on our takeout menu this week huh. uh, that I think is perfect for the weather. Um, chicken etouffee. Uh, wow. Brown root, brown root gravy, boneless chicken, simmered in the gravy till it's nice and tender, uh, served with rice, of course, and uh, succotash. This could be uh, historic. Has there ever been, quote, a chicken dish on Brightson's menu? It's been many, many years. Uh, <laughs> this is a recipe um, I developed about two years ago, uh, mostly for uh, classes, for teaching. So it's a sort of a quick method of chicken etouffee using boneless chicken. And we use this beautiful Springer Mountain Farm chicken out of North Georgia. Really nice chicken. Nice. Um, and so... Uh, I published this recipe in my first cookbook back in the spring, and all my neighbors raved about chicken that to say they'd make it for their families. So I thought it'd be a good kind of comfort food for this cold weather. And this dish is $15 on our takeout menu. Wow. So very accessible. That's ridiculous. Uh, succotash is delicious. That's uh, ridiculous. Lima that sounds beans great. and corn. Lima beans and corn, smothered down with onion, cherry, bell pepper, and I put in some uh, Bloody Mary mix. So you get a little nice. tomato edge to it and a little spice. I think it's is like chicken sort of, It doesn't. it's not like a high-end enough dish for it to normally be on a menu like yours? or It fell out of favor. Uh, it just fell out of favor, you know. There's not a lot of places um, that have it, but... You know, the ones I like at Clancy's has that crispy chicken, Le Petit Grocery. I love the Irene's has that, you know, olive oil, garlic chicken that's outstanding. Right. Um, but, yeah, a lot we of... We've had chicken ditches on probably the first 20 years we were open. and then A lot of places don't have chicken. It just didn't sell, so yeah. we got rid of it. Now, Frank, you know me, uh, I kind of tell it like it is, and I, I'm not trying to get you to endorse this comment or not. I think Ruth Fratell probably spins in her grave, her old Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I mean, the fillets are choice. Some of the steaks are prime. Some aren't. I don't think it's all that good anymore, whatever. The point I'm making is I get this chicken they have there, and it's the airline chicken, the, the two breasts with the skin and the little drumette hooked on it still, and they put it in that, that steak broiler. It's pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. That sounds terrific. But people are like, dude, are you drunk? Are you on crack? You're getting chicken <laughs> at a steakhouse? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting chicken. I don't think the steaks are all that good, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I know. Speaking I know. of Ruth Fertel, uh, her grandson, Ryan, uh, a young man I met a year ago, uh, just wrote a fabulous article for Eating Well magazine about Revion. And wow. it's wow. about Bryson's Revion. So look for that on your newsstand, Eating Well magazine. 
Uh, it's a beautiful spread, and these folks worked really hard. They're really professional. It's the most popular food magazine in America. Wow. And the article was so well done, and um, I sent them my recipes over the course of this year, and they all are tested. They tested themselves very meticulously, and beautiful photographs. So Eating Well magazine, uh, get a taste of New Orleans holiday. Yeah, Google that. That's awesome. G congratulations on that, Frank. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, Ryan's a nice young man. He did a great hey, job. I, I, I know you've been fading off of meat a little bit. I don't eat as much as I used to. Um, I got to fill you in on something pretty interesting, though. You know the new Zapardos on Vets and uh, uh, Transcontinental? Mm -hmm. They have expanded their seafood and meat, you know, the butcher... And not they have choice and they have prime steaks, but they've got something I've never seen anywhere in New Orleans, Frank. And it's a little pricey. It's north of thirty bucks a pound, but I think it's worth it as like a treat as a once in a while thing. But um they've got this this purveyor. Yeah, it's a American wagyu and, and I'm skeptical of like like I'm not I think like the stuff in, in Las Vegas, the pure Japanese wagyu, I, I think that ceases being steak. It's more marbling than meat. I think it's almost like foie gras or something like that. Yeah, it's more like foie gras than steak. I swear. That's what I think, and I'm not a big fan of it. Whatever, to each his own. I guess I'm an American meat guy. This stuff, Frank, reminds me of old school meat when we were kids. It, it is. Nice. Even though it's American Wagyu and it's the Japanese cow and the American cow, this purveyor, Snake River Ranch, is the... Oh, yeah. And it's it's outstanding meat. It's unbelievably good. I don't know where you get a better steak from a butcher in New Orleans. Really good. That's worth trying. Um, I, I've had uh, Kobe beef and Wagyu beef uh, a couple of times over the years. Most of the samples people give me. Um, what's interesting to me is what would be the normally leaner cuts, like brisket and yep. skirt steak. Those. Yep are absolutely fantastic because of that extra marbling. I bet. Um, I had a ribeye once, and it was so fatty it made me ill. Um, it was just like eating fat. But. No, no. I, I got a ribeye. It was too marbled, and it wasn't good at all. Yeah. Ribeyes are sort of hit or miss anyway. If they're, It's a card steak right. to get every time right. But, um, no, that's the, uh, we're in total agreement on that stuff. Uh, it's yeah. a good thing we didn't but have a show what, last nice week, Frank. Yeah, no, I just wanted you to that. I wanted you to know about it so you go over there and get yourself a steak one day, throw down the Weber, you know, the coals on the Weber grill and and, and cook it I up. Appreciate that. Yep. Hey Frank, yeah, the web uh, go ahead. I'm uh I'm gonna fire up my Weber some more now. I'm working on a project developing a barbecue rub for a client, a friend. And uh, I'll let you know when that comes out. So it'll be a little while, but uh, wow. I'm excited about that. I love to make seasoning blends, so I'm working on a barbecue rub. That's fantastic. I like hearing that. Hey, Frank, yeah. uh, the the Mojo seasoning you mentioned, you got one for seafood, one for veggies. Those are on the website. The Brightson's T-shirts and the caps are on the website. A couple of cookbooks with about 25, 30 recipes each. Those are on the website. The menus on the website where you order your to-go food. The phone numbers on the website. What am I missing? I guess Revion's going to be on the website thing. soon. You're missing what, one thing. What's that? Gift cards. Oh, gift cards gift are on the cards. website. Nice. 
Yeah, you don't have to go to the mall to shop, y'all. Just go to Brightsons.com. Everybody will love a, a Brightsons gift card, and there's yeah. no expiration date. It's always good, and uh, it makes people happy, and it's really easy. Just go to the website and click it and ship it. I like that. I want a Brightsons gift card. Or you can card. pick That's it up it. here, too. If you call the restaurant, we can uh, have it arranged for you to pick up, too. So. That's perfect. Hey, Frank, any openings tonight or tomorrow night? Uh, actually, tonight and tomorrow are booked. Okay. Which Tuesday. Here. Uh, yeah. We're getting a lot of calls for Christmas parties, and uh, we're grappling with, you know, people requesting large parties, which we're just, we can't, can't do. Can't do it. Can't do it. No. Sorry, why are you asking that, sir? That, you, you, we, we, uh, we, are you serious? No, we can't do that at all. I mean, I'd almost be offended in a way. I know you're classier than I am, and you're it's not going to really be offended. It's really a tricky situation, you know. It's ridiculous. With, with, you know, the COVID situation, um, you know, it might be like 10 people, but we're all family. But the issue is our staff has to get in the room. Exactly. And, and we need space. You know, no, exactly. Stay safe. We need space. So anyway, yep. uh, it's a good time of year to eat out, uh, celebrate what's good in life with your family and friends. So, hey, the website's brightsons dot com, and the phone number. Put it in your phone right now. Eight six one seventy six ten. You can order to go food. You can book a reservation. They're open Tuesday through Saturday night. Eight six one seventy six ten world-famous Brightsons in the river, Ben. Anything we're missing until next week, Frank? You've got it, my friend. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. We love you, New Orleans. Uh, stay safe out there, and happy holidays. Yeah, you're right. Thanks, Frank. All right, Corey. Take care. That's Frank Brightson joining us on the program. He's right. Be safe. Mask up. Stay away from folks. Happy holidays. All good stuff. I love getting Frank on the phone. I love talking food with Frank as well. Corey Johnson with you on a Friday afternoon. I don't know if you'd call it golf, what I did today at English Turn this morning. Horrible. But I still love the game, and I love the course. I love English Turn. Jack Nicholas golf course, 18 holes. And there's not an easy hole. There's not a weak hole. All of them are tough, but all of them are totally fair. It's a great layout. It's a great course. It's a Jack Nicholas signature course. Jack Nicklaus has designed over 400 courses. This was the 50th course that he ever designed, English Turn Golf and Country Club. And the Jack Nicklaus Golf Course is open to the public. And they're open seven days a week. That means Mondays, too. And that means you can play on Saturday and Sunday. Book a tee time for this weekend. Jack Nicklaus Signature Course at English Turn Golf and Country Club is open to the public. 